right? Let's go to Acts chapter number 16. Acts chapter number 16. And we're going to jump right into a message tonight. The service is going to be a little different than I announced it. Uh, we have several folks I'd like to honor going into the new year. And tonight I had planned on showing you some, uh, some slides about some of the building projects we're going to be looking at in the new year. Uh, but several of our deacons are out tonight, uh, not well. And I'd like them to be here and uh, share with us as we look forward in this vision. So we're going to try to bump that maybe till next Sunday night if they get to feeling better. Acts chapter number 16, this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. There's a lot to glean out of here. We'll not cover everything that's there tonight, but it's going into a vision Sunday uh, or going out of a vision Sunday. There's something very important I want us to see here as we close out this service today, and we're going to pick up, if we could, Acts 16 and verse number 6, and we're going to read down through about verse number 12. You can remain seated tonight. Let's pick up in verse 6. The Bible says, now when they had gone throughout Phrygia in the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis. Verse 12, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia and colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. Now let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the opportunity once again to come tonight and Lord discuss and Lord look into your word concerning this matter of vision. I'm thankful, Father, that you have given us a vision for this new year. And for as long as you tarry, Father, I pray that we'll seek to unify our hearts and carry the burden to be renewed this year. Lord, I do pray that you would remind us, Lord, as we go throughout our day tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday, that, Father, we carry the vision, Lord, to renew our character, our calling, and our commitment to you, that it wouldn't just be a Sunday and a Wednesday thing. I pray you'd help us tonight through your word. I pray you'd speak to our hearts, be with our folks that are home watching, be with those that can't be here for sickness. Raise them up, bring them back to us soon, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I have probably referenced Acts chapter 16 every Vision Sunday uh, that I've ever had a Vision Sunday. And Vision Sundays are one of my most favorite times of the year. I'm excited about them because I do get to share with you my heart. And it's important because we get to set the tone for the new year. I mentioned to you earlier that I'm very thankful that God has made so clear what he desires from us and for us in the new year. Uh, because looking forward, it's hard for us to see right now what the future is going to hold. Uh, we can't predict what politics are going to do. We can't predict uh, what our regulations may be like becoming uh, down the pipe for us as, uh, as those that are seeking to serve God with a new administration possibly going into office very soon. But God can see through all of that. And God has mapped out a course for us in spite of the circumstances we're going to face. But the vision that we've laid out this morning is only the destination for which God would have us to go. I wish just rolling out the vision answered the question and automatically accomplished all that God would desire for us. But we have a very important part to play as we preached last Sunday night each and every day to help see the vision of God come to pass. Now, 
The only way we're going to reach this destination is for us to earnestly seek the will of God each and every day throughout this new year for the direction that he's called us to go in. Now, I want you to see something in Acts chapter number 16. In verse number 6, verse number 7, it's interesting to know that the apostle Paul is seeking God's direction for his ministry. Notice, if you will, verse number 6. The Bible says, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, the Bible says they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. So notice they're trying to find their direction of where God would have them go, and they're getting their direction from the Holy Spirit of God. Now, one of the best reassurances of our salvation tonight is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God in each and every one of our lives. The Bible says that when we were saved, we received an earnest or a down payment of the Holy Spirit of God into our hearts. That's that GPS system that guides us and directs us throughout our life. Tomorrow, as we enter into a new day, as we enter into a new week in this new year in different circumstances we're living in, we can be assured that the Holy Spirit of God knows exactly what we need to do and the direction we need to go, but we've got to yield to that. Notice verse number six, the Bible says, they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. We're going to have to be careful in this new year to give the Holy Spirit the right of way and to yield to him to guide us and even forbid us in the directions that we choose to go. Look at verse seven. The Bible says, when they were come to Mysia, they assayed, or that means desired, to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Now, what is Paul doing? Paul is getting his direction from the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. There's going to be times in the new year as the last year where we're not exactly sure about our direction. There's going to be times where we're faced with circumstances that are just filled with uncertainty. We are facing those right now. I encourage you, spend more time listening and tuning into the Holy Spirit of God than Facebook and Parler and whatever it is we're going into right now. Spend more time listening to him. Why? Because he knows exactly the direction we need to go. You will sink into deep depression if you try to figure out the next step of what we need to do as a country. We can't figure this thing out. We are in unprecedented territory. I don't know what's about to happen. I mean, I had my daughter out yesterday making sure she knew how to load a pistol in an AR-15. That just shows you the world we're living in. It's totally uncertain. It's unprecedented. Don't try to figure it out. You can't figure it out. I don't even know if the people that are in charge of making the decisions are able to figure it out. But the Holy Spirit of God knows what we need to do. He knows the direction that we need to go, and we must be sensitive to that, or you're going to let the circumstances fry your brain. Put the phone down. Put the phone down. There's nothing wrong checking the weather. I hear we might get snow. Getting so got off with that WDAM guy who says no accumulation. I'm like, come on, you're not God. We could have some accumulation sooner or later. He keeps putting that on there. Now they're saying low chance of accumulation. I'm like, uh-huh, he's backing it up a little bit. God loves showing the weatherman up. You know, I'm just hoping it, it's six inches. I, I really am. But folks, look, put the phone down. Check the weather if you need to. Check a score if you need to, but don't get buried in trying to figure out what's going to happen and what we're going to do because the Holy Spirit of God knows exactly what we need to do. He knows exactly the direction we need to go, and all we have to do is tune him in. 
tune him in. We're trying to figure out, you know, what social media outlet do we need to listen to to figure out what we need to do and how much water do we need to buy and how much ammunition and all of this, that, and the other. I'm not saying those are bad things, but I'm saying you'll find it a whole lot more peaceful moving into the new year with a whole lot more confidence if you tune into the Holy Spirit of God for the direction that we need to go. Now, he's got it figured out. He's got it figured out. 2020, as much as I hate even uttering those words, was unprecedented for me. For me. But it wasn't the Holy Spirit. Oh, the Holy Spirit has seen all throughout the history of mankind many, many instances like the one we're living in right now. He knows exactly what he wants us to do, but we're going to have to give way to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God in our life. We're literally going to have to yield to the mind of God. By the way, that's never a bad thing. Philippians 2, 5, what does it say? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. If we let him do the thinking, we're going to be all right in the new year. Somebody said it a while ago in, uh, in one of the prayers. Uh, no matter what comes our way, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. What's the worst thing that can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? We go to heaven. Horrible. Horrible. Scares me to death. Now, look, I don't look forward to dying, all right? Some of you that are trigger happy, I'm not looking forward to dying, all right? But hear me out. The worst thing that could happen is they could take this body and destroy this body, but they cannot touch my soul. So why don't we settle down just a little bit, let the Holy Spirit of God lead us forward in this new year, and yield to the mind of God as we seek to fulfill his will in the year that he's given us. Now, a vision is simply this. A vision is the mind of God in our mission, all right? God has given us a vision for the new year to be renewed, to renew our character, our calling, our character, and our conviction. That's the vision God's given us, all right? That's the mind of God for this church in the new year. But we've got to yield to that. And tonight I want to show you just some really nuts and bolts things of how we can take the vision that God's given us and run with it. The message is simply this tonight, God's mind and our mission. God's mind and our mission and how to put the vision into practice, okay? A vision is great. I'm thankful for a vision. It gives you a bullseye to shoot at. You need a target. What is the old phrase I mentioned in every vision Sunday? If you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time, all right? So the vision is the bullseye. We set that this morning. We're going to aim at that. We're going to aim to renew our calling. Why God's called us here at Central Baptist Church. We preached about it this morning, to represent him and to win the loss. That's what we're called to do. We're going to renew our calling. And then we're going to renew our character. What is our character? To be more Christ-like. We're going to get in this word this year and find out who God says we are supposed to be. We're going to renew our Christian character and then renew our commitment. That's the bullseye that we are aiming toward. But understand this tonight. Just because it's a bullseye doesn't mean you're going to hit it. You're going to have to work at it in order to hit it. And tonight I want to give you four things out of this passage. I know it's usually three, but I have to keep you on the edge of your seat, so I'm going to change it up a little bit, give you four tonight on how we can take God's mind and apply it to our mission and put the vision that we rolled out this morning into practice. So look down, if you will. I want to show you something, four simple things, beginning in verse number six. The Bible says the Holy Spirit of God forbade them to preach the word in Asia. Verse number 7, the Bible says they wanted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. The Bible says they passed by Mysia and came to Troas. Now watch verse number 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. 
There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So did Paul get the vision? Absolutely. He got a very much more clear vision than we got this morning. I mean, he got the vision of someone standing there. The Bible says, the vision says, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now watch what he did with the vision. The Bible says, and after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. As soon as he got the vision... As soon as God showed him the direction that he wanted him to go, as soon as God gave him the bullseye, God dropped a pin right on Macedonia and says, that is your end destination. Look what he did with the vision. The Bible says, immediately we endeavored to go. Number one, how do you take the vision and put it into practice? Number one, heed without hesitation. Heed without hesitation. Notice they did not wait and wonder. They just decided to go with what they knew. God made it clear the direction they needed to go in, and they simply, the Bible says, immediately they endeavored to go. You know that old policy, go with what you know? Go with what you know? Too many times we as Christians, we miss out on the opportunities God's provided us because instead of going with what we know, go with what you know, we wait and we wonder. And we try to figure things out that God doesn't want us to figure out yet. You know, I've been trying to figure this out, this chess match. Oh, we are going through an international chess match right now, a political chess match. I don't know what's going to happen throughout all of that, but God does, all right? But, you know, I do know what I am supposed to be doing. God's made that clear. And God's will for my life is to go with what I know, not wait and wonder about the things that I don't know about. God's desire for our church is now that we have the vision of where God would have us go in this new year to, number one, heed that with hesitation. Can I tell you what hesitation will do for you? It will get you in trouble. Hesitation will get you in trouble. I'll give you a prime example. Husbands all smile at this one. Your wife says, does this look good on me? You've been there, haven't you? Does it look good on me? And her face drops. You hesitated. It doesn't look good. And then she goes, try something else on. I'm like, honey, look, I'm a man. It takes me a while to get those gears going to just think about it. I didn't even have time to look it over. Oh, you'll get in trouble. Does this look good on me? Yes. Yes. That's the answer. You young men that aren't married yet, that's the answer. Yes, it looks good on you. Does this taste good? Yes. Does this make me look slim? Yes. That's always the answer. Don't hesitate. Yes. I mean, as soon as your wife starts speaking, just say yes. Why? Hesitation will get you in trouble. My daughter, my daughter knows that I am the good cop, mom's the bad cop. Mom's the responsible parent, and I'm the irresponsible parent. It's because she's a daughter. If she was a son, I could say no to her, him, all day long. No, forget it. Don't even ask me that again, but it's a daughter, and she knows where to push my buttons. And she'll come up, and me and Leslie will be sitting there on the couch and say, Dad, could I stay up an hour later, or could I stay up with you guys and watch a movie? And I'll go, I'm looking at mom. Mom's rolling her eyes. Why? Because she knows that I hesitated. Miley knows if I hesitate, she's got me. She knows if I don't say no immediately, she's got me. Dad, can we go to Sonic? Uh, As soon as I hesitate, she sticks the crowbar in there. She's got leverage now. She knows that I've hesitated, and she's going to, to, to worm her way in there and accomplish her will instead of me accomplishing what I wanted to do in the first place. That's the way the devil works. My daughter's been learning from the devil. It just comes natural. Amen? comes natural. 
Look, once you know the will of God, and once the Holy Spirit makes that clear, heed without hesitation. Once the Holy Spirit of God makes his will known to you. You know, we sit in church services all the time, and look, I know sometimes the messages are bad. I mean the delivery, all right, the delivery. God's messages aren't bad, but sometimes the deliverer, man, whoo, the delivery's rough. I, I know, trust me. My wife has to hear it all the time. Man, that was rough. That fell flat. That didn't go well. I get it. I listen to myself from time to time. Man, I can't believe I said that. Sometimes the deliverer can get it wrong. Oh, you're talking about that. I can't help but think about this. The other day I came home. My wife's in the records now. Old records, you know, from uh, old uh, Disney musical records and old records, Christmas records. We had some of those. She plays them in the house. And uh, so she ordered this old, what I forget, was it Snow White record or something like that. Came home the other day and opened our mailbox. Do you know how big a mailbox is? Not as big as a record. But there was a record in there. And I pulled it out and the record is shaped like this. It's shaped like a lowercase r. I'm thinking that postman had to work hard to get that in there. He really did. I'd have loved to have seen him. And so we had this record shaped like they don't play well that way. I don't know if you know that. Woo, woo, woo. They don't play well. He didn't deliver it right, all right? It's a great record, and we, we got it flattened out, heated it up, kind of got it flattened out, and it sits flat now, so it plays fine now. But the deliverer kind of messed up on the delivery. Look, from time to time, the preacher, the deliverer is going to deliver, and he's going to mess up the delivery. But the Holy Spirit of God is always going to get the message right. The Holy Spirit of God is going to speak and preach clearly to where you understand exactly what he wants you to do in spite of the one who messed up the delivery. But here's what happens. Oftentimes we sit in a church service, the Holy Spirit of God delivers the mail, and we know exactly what he wants us to do, but we hesitate. Look, I'm not psychic, all right? Some might say psychotic, but I'm not psychic. From time to time, I'll look out during the invitation time, and it looks like some folks are in distress, You know, when those knuckles are white on the the chair in front of you, you kind of figure out something's wrong. You know, maybe intestinal cramps or something. I don't know, but they're kind of gripping, holding on tight. Holy Spirit's working, but they're hesitating. Can I tell you what hesitation does? It gives place to the devil. Is that what Ephesians tells us? Neither give place to the devil, Ephesians 4.27. Hesitation gives place to the devil. Now, if we want to fulfill the will of God for our lives and our church in 2021, here's what each and every individual has got to decide. When the Holy Spirit makes his will known to us as far as our direction, I'm going to heed it without hesitation. Why? Because as soon as you hesitate, the devil's going to stick his crowbar in there, and he's going to delay your obedience, which is in turn disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. I don't see, Brother John's not here tonight. I don't think he's feeling well. Brother John Lapone has become quite the deer slayer. I, I mean, he's going to have his own hunting show before long. He's killed, he's killed more deer than I have this year. He's killed deer this year. I haven't killed deer this year, but he, he's killed a couple. And I'm like, man, from a guy from Joycey, you know, he's knocking them down. He's knocking them down. I'm thinking, whew, before long, he's going to have a nice beard. Brother Jim, what do you think? He's coming along. Called me the other day. He says, hey, I killed a deer. Can you help me skin it out? I said, yeah, I'll be glad to. And so then you have to hear the story. You got to hear the story, how it happened. Every moment, you know, sitting there and all this. I was like, you know, he's on the side of a tree. And then, did you grunt him in, rattle him in? He says, no, I just pulled in my driveway and it was standing there. Pulls out a gun. He said, the deer kind of hopped off, hopped off, hopped off. And then it stopped. He's two for two. These two, I'm thinking about giving him my man card because I haven't even killed one yet. I mean, he's, he's becoming Grizzly Adams, going to have his own hunt show before long. What happened? What got the deer? Hesitation. 
She should have just kept running. Now, he's pretty crack shot. He may have caught her running, but she stopped, and that's when he pulled the trigger. I want you to understand something tonight. The reason that the apostle Paul was used of God so mightily is because he heeded the will of God without hesitation. As soon as God made his will known to him, verse number six, when he wanted to go to Asia, the Holy Spirit said, no, he, he pulled this way. Verse number seven, the Bible says they wanted to go to Bithynia, and the Holy Spirit said, no, they went the other way. And finally, God gave him the target of where he needed to go. And the Bible says, and immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia. You know what the devil wants you to do tonight and wants you to do in this new year? He wants you to wait and wonder while God says, go with what you know. The devil wants you to wait and wonder and try to figure out something that our human brains can't comprehend. I'm telling you, the level of spiritual wickedness in high places in America tonight is beyond mine and your comprehension. I mean, we're in the big leagues tonight. Don't try to figure it out. Go with what you know. So what do I know? It's what God has made known and God has already shown you. I was thinking this afternoon something interesting about the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. I've told you many times, the parable of the talents, when you look at those talents, I want you to think about them as opportunity, right? God gives each and every one of us talents, which gives us opportunity to serve God with. What did the one guy do? Rather than take it and do with it what he knew to do with it, he hesitated and he buried it. You see, the longer you hesitate and hold on to what God has given you, the more likely you are to bury it. You're burying it in doubt and wonder. And then what does it say at the end? It says, take the talent from the one who only had one and give it to the other guy over here. What did he take from him? His opportunity. You know, you're going to lose your opportunities that God's going to give you in 2021 if you hesitate. My wife says this often. My brother can play the piano like nobody's business. He's, he's very good at it. He can sit down and play anything he wants. He's a musical guy. And he's an air, aircraft mechanic, kind of a weird mix, but that's what he does. And uh, he doesn't use his gift for the Lord, as he should. He ordered a violin off of eBay, Brother Ben. He ordered a violin off of eBay, took it out of the box, and played it. I didn't know which end of the bow to hold. And he just played. He has that ability. My wife tells him all the time, she said, I want you to know, I'm praying God's going to take your talent away and give it to me. She's serious, too, by the way. She's like, I want it. If you're not going to use it, if you're going to hesitate and hold on to it and bury it in the ground, I'd rather God take it from you and give it to me. And that's what happens when we hesitate. Folks, listen to me. Why don't you decide here on Vision Sunday 2021 that whatever God makes known to you, whatever bullseye that God puts in your life that he wants you to work toward, we have the collective bullseye of being renewed as a church. But God's going to work in your heart specifically throughout this year. I'm thankful for that, by the way, aren't you? That he's still working on me. Oh, I'd hate to be done. For those of you folks that are grown up and you're done, oh, that's just so sad. I want to grow the rest of my spiritual life. I want God to always be working on me. Why? Because I want to be used of him more. And as the Holy Spirit of God comes to our hearts and speaks to us through his word, we've got to heed without hesitation. Why? Because that's the only way we're going to reach the destination for which God is leading us. One of my favorite passages in the Old Testament is 1 Kings 17 where where God leads Elijah to the brook Cherith. You need to go back and read that sometime. God gave him direction to go hide himself by the brook Cherith. He said, I've commanded the ravens to feed thee there. I kind of picture it like a uh, telegraph, you know. Stop. You know, that's all he told him to do. 
Go hide thyself by the brook Cherith. Go eastward, hide thyself by the brook Cherith. I've commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he had something to drink out of the brook and he had something to eat that the ravens were going to bring him. I've been sitting there, all right. Where am I going to sleep? Who's going to be my friend when I get there? What am I going to have to do for fun? How am I going to fill my time? I'm going to sit there and knit? You know what Elijah did? He decided, I'm just going to go with what I know. He went and he hid himself out. God provided what he needed. <gasps> and then the brook dries up. Elijah looks up. God says, the widow, go to her house next. <laughs> Goes to her house next. And God kept providing and providing and providing. Why? He decided, I'm just going to heed without hesitation. Folks, tonight, if you want to see where God wants to take you in the new year, just do what he says when he says it. Isn't it a blessing when our kids do that? Miss Laura posted something on Facebook the other day about, you know, husbands not wanting to be nagged by their wives. And so, you know, if you just did what your wife told you, she wouldn't have to nag you about it. And I had a smart aleck remark I put on there that, you know, we can just do it because we know she wants it done without her having to ask for it. My wife gets really excited. I take the garbage out. You know, I'm kind of like, you know when a cat kills a mouse and lays it on the back porch? Everybody ever had that experience before? If you don't get your cat, you'll figure it out. They're, they're like proud of it, and they stand there by I do that when I take the, the garbage out. I just stand by the can. Got it done. Got it done. You know, kind of proud, uh, kind of proud about that. I can't remember where I was going with that story. I'm getting old. Good night. Getting old. Folks, can I tell you something? Just go with what you know. Go with what you know. The Holy Spirit of God is going to make it clear to you. And when he makes it clear to us this year, let's just do it. Let's not wait. We know. Look, if it makes God proud, listen, if it makes us proud when our children do what they're supposed to do without having to be told, imagine how it makes God feel. I didn't have to tell them. I didn't have to tell them. I mean, your kid gets up and makes their bed in the morning without having to be told. After you get up off the floor from passing out, you're thinking to yourself, who is this child? They must have the virus. They're acting strange. Kid goes in and does their chores. Just blesses your heart. Imagine how that makes God feel. When he looks down and he sees his children, heeding without hesitations. Number one, if we're going to take the will of God and make the mind of God our mission, we're going to have to heed without hesitation. Number two, look down, if you will, to verse 10 again. I actually wanted to skip this, but the Holy Spirit says, no, there's something else there. We're going to heed his direction. The Bible says after we'd seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go. I wanted to get on down to verse 11. But he says, nope, there's an Easter egg in verse number 10 you haven't found yet. So I went back and dug around, and sure enough, there it was. The Bible says, and after he'd seen the vision, immediately, look at the next word. This is very important. Immediately we endeavored. Notice God had made the vision clear of the direction they needed to go in, and they both went in the same direction. Number two, if we're going to put the vision into practice, the second thing we're going to have to do is maintain unity for usefulness. Maintain unity for usefulness. One of the greatest threats to God's vision is division. Think about that. What has God called us to do in this new year? To renew. We're going to renew our calling. Look, if this is our last go-round on the track... Let's sprint to the finish, but let's sprint together. The devil would love nothing more than to derail the vision of God for this church through division. 
He's going to seek to do that. You look at the word division. Very interesting. I love etymology. And you study that word. Watch this. The word die, D-I, means to. And vision is our direction. Division happens when we go in two different directions. That's what division is. Well, God's given us a vision for where he would have us to go and what he would have us to do. We've got to decide we're not going to let him sow division within our church to go a different way. Why? The Bible says that two are better than one. Imagine if we all were unified in the will of God to renew in 2021. We're going to renew our calling. When we have outreach and soul-winning clinics and we have Easter outreach, we have all of these outreaches to go out in our community. We're going into our colleges this year. Lord, we're going to Camp Shelby this year. That was all planned last year. We were unable to do that. As we prepare to go into these places, let's be unified in that. You know it's an encouragement when other people see other people show up? It is. It's an encouragement when a pastor sees folks showing up, when they can show up. I know everybody can't show up right now, all right? I don't hold that against anybody. I don't want anybody to do something they feel is not safe. But you're an encouragement just by being here. You know that? Look, you may not be the prettiest and some of you aren't, all right? You may not be the smartest or the richest, but you're an encouragement just by being here, that we're being here together. Do you know why the early church was used with God so mightily? They continued together in one accord. That unity created usefulness. As a matter of fact, I believe Brother Nate taught on that in our staff meeting this year, the usefulness of unity. We look down in verse number 16. The Bible says that when they got the vision, immediately we endeavored. I assure you, as we seek his direction in this new year, we're going to have to fend off Satan's attacks for division. Here's what he's going to do. As we head in one direction, he's going to try to get your attention off in another direction. I'm mad at so-and-so for not talking to me. Hey, they didn't even come sit by me. They're my pew partner. They didn't even come sit by me. We're keeping social distancing. All right? They're not being mean. They love you. They don't want to give you their cooties. All right? We don't need anybody else having to miss church because they're, they're getting sick, so we're trying to be safe. You're like, man, they didn't talk to me. They didn't come. They didn't give me. We have a high five every service. They didn't high five me. All of a sudden, the devil's going to try to distract your vision off of the vision, and now we have two visions which create division. The Bible says we endeavored to go. Now, why is this so important? Well, what do we say while I go in Ephesians chapter 4? The Bible says neither give place to the devil. Hesitation gives place to the devil, but so does division. Division gives place to the devil. Out in our parking lot, one of the things uh, I'm going to meet with our deacons on here real soon uh, is we're going to talk about redoing some places in our parking lot where there's some cracks out there. And what happens when you get a crack in your concrete, it used to be in construction, so I know this, the water goes down in that crack. And after a while, it makes the mud underneath the concrete soft and squishy. So when you drive your big four-wheel drive over the top of it or an 18-wheeler comes out through here, it has a hollow spot and it cracks. And now we have a pothole out there that you're driving through. The only thing, good thing about potholes in our parking lot is it slows some of you people down. I don't know where you're going, but I'm sure it's going to be there when you get there. Just slow down a little bit. Don't run over anybody, all right? We don't need to lose people that way. Let's lose them doctrinally, but not in the parking lot because you drive too fast. We have, this big pot, we have several potholes in our parking lot where the concrete is broken up. Do you know how it all started? Division. There's a crack in the concrete. And that's how the devil works. Little by little, he creates a division within a church, and it's all because he wants to get our attention divided away from the vision of what God's called us to do. 1 Corinthians 1, the Bible says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, 
There be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and same judgment. Listen to these words, that you speak the same thing, no divisions among you, perfectly joined together, the same mind and the same judgment. Why did he repeat that same idea five times? Because he understands the danger of division. We are useless if we are not unified, but unified together, facing that common goal and, 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 and vision of what God's given us, we will fulfill it. So the only way he can stop us is to divide us. That's how he stops us. Do you know why America is, is crumbling right now? The powers of darkness, they're so brilliant. They're sowing division. This faction against this faction and this group that hates this group and all of that. I don't believe it's bad as they say it is. They just keep ginning it up, ginning it up, ginning it up, putting on the news, and, and we're gullible enough to watch it and believe it. And all this division in our country is what's going to bring this country down. Abraham Lincoln even quoted scripture, Mark chapter 3, verse 25. If a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And I want you to know this tonight, neither can this one. If we are going to face an uncertain future with a certain vision that God's given us, we're going to have to be unified in order to be useful. I'll give you this before I give you the third thing. If we're going to be divided on something... Let's be divided over the word of God. All right? And I want to explain that to you in just a second. If we're going to be divided about something, let's not be divided about our football teams. All right? I know there's a game tomorrow night, LSU's not in it. But I'm okay with that. All right? I've walked myself through it. I'm okay with that. I may even tune in. I'm not sure. And I know that there may be some people in our church happy on Wednesday night because their team is probably in it. And I'm going to be happy with them. And I'm going to rejoice with them that rejoice. Why? Because, my goodness, a ball game is not worth being divided over. I've seen churches split over less. Sure have. And the vision became division. Why? Because they had double vision. They wanted their way. Hebrews 4.12, what does the Bible say? We know this verse well. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Notice the Bible says it's the word of God that divides asunder. If there's going to be something that separates us tonight, let's make sure it's the word of God that separates us. I'm going to fall on the side of the word of God. If you don't agree with the word of God, well, then we're going, to be, we're going to have some division then. That's all right, all right? But I'm not going to come over inside with you and against the word of God. I'm just going to stick with what the book says, amen? All right? So if we're going to be divided by something, let's make sure we're divided by something that really matters, all right? Let's not be divided by something that doesn't matter. Your opinion is your opinion, my opinion, my opinion. Look, they may not either be worth anything, but we're entitled to them. We're definitely not entitled to trade the vision of God for the opinions of self. So let's make sure, number two, maintain unity for usefulness. I'm going to hurry. The last two are quick, all right? Look down. The Bible says in verse number 11, how do we put the vision into practice? Therefore, loosing from Troas. So here they are. They're camped out in this place called Troas, but God's called them to go to where? To Macedonia on their way to Philippi, all right? So in order to get to Philippi, they've got to loose from Troas. That's number three. If we're going to make the mind of God our mission, we're going to have to leave behind what holds us back. Leave behind what's holding us back. Can I tell you, there are some things that we've brought into 2021 that need to stay in last year, all right? Bad habits, bitterness, whatever it is, let's make sure we leave those in the last year. Why? Because you can't go to Philippi if you're holding on to Troas, 
That's deep Greek there, buddy. All right? In order for them to get to Macedonia, they had to pull up uh, lines and pull up anchor from Troas. All right? They had to let go of what was going to hold them back from getting where God wants to go to. Could I encourage you this tonight? For the sake of Central Baptist Church, as the Holy Spirit of God comes to us through the service and speaks to us through the power of his word, if there's something that he leads us to let go of in order to move forward, for the sake of this church, let's let go of it. Let's let go of it. If I've done your pre-marriage counseling, I've done a lot since I've been here, man. We've got a boom of folks getting married, and that's a good thing. One of the things we talk about in there, my wife and I have this rule. It's speak up or let go. That's a rule in our marriage. We try to live by that. She does it more than I do. What does that mean? If I can't let go of it, if she burns the biscuits and I just can't let go of it, then the rule is speak up. That's our rule. If you can't let it go, speak up. Don't sit there and fester like a volcano and all of a sudden blow up all over somebody. So it's a rule in our marriage counseling. Speak up or let go. All right? If you can't let it go, then speak up about it. But I would hope tonight, listen, for the sake of unity and fulfilling the vision of God for this church, that we'd be willing to let go of whatever the Holy Spirit of God says let go of. Why? Because we want to be renewed. We want to, listen, our calling to be renewed. Don't let us hold our church back by not letting go of what the Holy Spirit of God said let go of. All right, listen, I don't have to tell you to let go of something. The Holy Spirit of God is going to make it ever so clear. Let's decide tonight we're going to leave behind the things that hold us back. I think there's a lot of things last year we just need to leave behind. Maybe some bad habits we need to leave behind. Galatians chapter 5, you can read it when you get home. The Apostle Paul writes, who did hinder you? He says, you did run well. Oh, the vision was set. You knew where God wanted you to go, and you did run well. Who did hinder you? Something held you back. It goes on to say in Galatians chapter 5, it gives us that balance of walking in the spirit and walking in the flesh. It says while you're walking in the flesh, you can't do the things you would in the spirit and vice versa. And oh, we want to walk in the spirit in order to be renewed, but we can as long as we're walking in the flesh. Let go of it. Let go of it. Loose from Troas. I wonder tonight, what is your Troas? What's your Troas tonight? What is it that's holding you back from moving forward to be renewed? I'd get rid of it tonight. I think we ought to have a, a wonderful altar call tonight. We come up and we just leave our Troas's up here at the, at the altar. Leave it behind. Say, God, I'm going to leave behind this thing that's been holding me back. God, I don't want to move into the new year and hinder Central Baptist Church from becoming the church that they could become all because I didn't want to let go of something that was in my past. Now, folks, understand this tonight. There's a lot of us that are hindered by that. We've got to let go of it. So, number four, look down real quick and we're done. The Bible says, therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia and the next day to Neapolis. Now, watch these stops. Troas. Samothracia, Neapolis, watch verse 12, and from thence to Philippi. It's a lot of connecting flights along the way. I hate connecting flights, don't you? Trying to get somewhere and, you know, you have to go to California, but for some reason you got to go to Chicago first. Doesn't seem to make sense, does it? All these connecting flights, but finally you get to where you're going. So I want you to notice what happens here. The, third, the fourth thing we need to do tonight, stay determined in spite of the stops. Stay determined in spite of the stops. What does that mean? We didn't know we were going to have to make several stops along the way in 2020. 
We set a theme of what God would have us to do to be engaged in the new year. Every part maketh increase. Today's the last day I'm wearing my engaged cufflinks. Kind of sad putting them on for the last time and excited about what the future God has for us moving ahead. But we set a goal for that, and we're just going to put the hammer down and go toward the new year. And all be engaged. Little did we know we had some stops along the way, didn't we? It took us a little while to go from Troas all the way down to Philippi. We had to stop off at Samothracia, Neapolis, and finally get to Philippi. You know me, I'm not patient. I'm working on it. I am working on it. I get frustrated with delays. That's why you slow in the fast lane, people. Makes me so mad. You're delaying me, right? I say it a lot. My time's not worth more than your time, but my time's valuable to me. People going slow in the fast lane. My wife, oh, she is the second Holy Spirit in my life. It's okay, honey. We're not in a rush. I know, but they shouldn't be going slow in the fast lane. They should know better. Read the manual. I'm not even going to get into that. I hate being delayed. People are wasting my time. I hate detours. Say a big sign, detour. You're going to have to go all the way around to get where you're going. But you know, there's sometimes, there's God-ordained detours along our journey. There's stops that God's going to have us make that maybe we didn't plan on making, but God had us planned to make them anyway. You know what we've got to do? We've got to stay determined in spite of the stops. Here they are stopping here, stopping here, stopping here, and stopping here. But finally, they got where they were going. Now, folks, we know where God wants us to go. God wants us to renew in 2021. Our goal is to renew our calling. We're going to get back to why God called this church to be here at this place at this time. We're going to renew our character. We're going to get back to being Christ-like. We're going to get back to being committed. We're going to renew our commitment. But I'll tell you this, there may be some stops between here and there. New government may come about, and they may not like us very much. Who knows, they may tune into our live stream and decide that what we're saying is offensive and they're going to censor us and close our doors or revoke nonprofit status or whatever they want to do. We may have a few stops along the way, but can I tell you something? You ought to decide tonight you're going to be determined. I'm going to be determined in spite of the stops. No matter how many, how many stops along the way, I'm going to be committed to the work of God here at Central Baptist Church. I, uh, I was looking at a knife uh, someone got me the other day. Uh, it's a Damascus steel knife. And if you know anything about Damascus steel, it's layers of metal that are folded upon each other, hammered, folded, heated, hammered, folded, heated. Keep putting it in the fire, and you hammer it some more, put it back in the fire, fold it over, hammer it. And you can see all of those layers in that Damascus steel knife. Very, very beautiful knife. I was looking at that beautiful knife the other day thinking, you know what, it's beautiful now. But it didn't start off that way. It had to go in the fire and get hammered. In the fire, and oh, it got hammered. In the fire, and it got hammered. And time and time again, in the fire, out. In a, and I thought to myself, well, that's how I felt in 2020. In the fire, out of the fire. In the fire. Get beat on for a little while, back in the fire. Get beat on for a little while, back in the fire. But oh, when you get that finished product, when you get what God was trying to make, all of the stops after a while seem worth it. I've told you this before and we'll close with this. When you, when you look to the history 
of where the gospel was going in Macedonia and Europe. You know, the gospel came out of Europe to the United States of America. You see how God was getting the gospel ultimately to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and you can very easily trace it from what happened in Acts chapter number 16. Had a lot of stops before it got here, didn't it? All the way over to Macedonia, all the way from Europe to the United States, these new colonies, but sooner or later the gospel trickled down to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I'm glad that it made it here in spite of the stops. I don't know what the stops are in 2021. I hope we don't have any, but we probably will. But why don't we decide tonight, I am going to be determined in spite of the stops. Why? Because I want God's mind to be my mission. I want to go and do exactly what he'd have me to do in the new year. I want to be renewed. And so therefore, four points, here they are. Number one, heed without hesitation. Number two, maintain unity for usefulness. Number three, leave behind what holds you back. And number four, stay determined in spite of the stops. And if we'll be willing to do that tonight and maintain that throughout this year, we will be renewed in spite of whatever's going on in our world. And we'll put the will of God and the word of God into practice like maybe we've never seen before. So tonight with our heads bowed and eyes closed.